I'm Alec Baldwin, and you're listening to Marketing Trends and the Leeds Art Week. Taking a customer-centric approach is difficult. It requires not only thinking differently, but also ignoring your own personal agenda for the greater good of a company. But putting the customer first always requires trust, and it requires a top-down effort from everyone involved. That's why PwC's remodeling of its business strategy is different. The new equation, as it's called, is not just a motto. It's an entire strategy based on the principles of building trust and helping PwC customers keep up with the pace of change. And the key to any successful marketing strategy begins with a top-down approach and a relentless focus on implementation. I don't think any strategy is perfect, nor do I think any strategy needs to be perfect because I think what needs to be far better is the execution of that strategy. What I would do differently if we went back, I selfishly, I would like a little more time to do the brand campaign. But more importantly, I wish we had spent a little bit more time helping our people do the storytelling. Sometimes you forget when you're so deep into something, and I've been so involved in this, and again, helping with the pen to write it, that it comes fairly naturally to me to talk about the strategy. On this episode of Marketing Trends, we caught up with JC LaPierre, Chief Strategy and Communications Officer at PwC, who offered up some insights into the steps PwC went through to implement its new three-pronged service model. Plus, JC explains why successful implementation means everything when you're rolling out a new strategy and how PwC is forging ahead with a customer-first approach. Enjoy this episode. This message is brought to you by Salesforce. Hey, marketers. Today's B2B buyers are more complex than ever, and every buying committee has different needs and goals. Salesforce can help. We'll show you how to put each and every customer at the center of your B2B marketing strategy, and you'll learn how top brands like Lyft approach account-based marketing. Salesforce, market to every account, speak to every buyer. Find free B2B marketing and ABM resources at sfdc.co slash every dash buyer. Welcome to Marketing Trends. I'm Ian Faison, host of Marketing Trends, and today we are joined by a special guest, JC. How are you? I'm wonderful. Thanks for having me. Thanks for joining. We are excited to chat about all of the things going on at PwC today, uh, some really cool stuff, uh, some new campaigns, some new strategy as, uh, as you are one to build that sort of thing, uh, and we're going to talk about a little bit your background. So how did you get started in marketing? So I had the privilege of working at PwC for 25 years. And one of the things that I love so much and has kept me at the firm for this long is it's a really big playground to play in. And I, as somebody who has a keen interest in learning different disciplines, have honestly moved around every five years into very different places. I've worked in our client service practice. I spent a bunch of years in human capital. Uh, spent some time in marketing and sales, and most recently was asked to be the chief of staff to our senior partner, which is our CEO equivalent. And doing that and spending the last five years working with him, building our US strategy. Last year, he asked me to take on a bigger, broader role. 
which includes leading our communications, marketing, brand, creative teams, and still retaining that tie to our strategy across the firm. So it's been a very varied, but a really interesting and fascinating career, I have to say. Yeah. And tell me a little bit more about um, about your current role. You know, being chief strategy and, and comms officer, uh, it seems like that could, uh, you know, you could have your hand in, in, in many pots here. Yeah. And in fact, I do. And I have a great team that helps to connect all the dots to do that. One of the things that I've really loved about my career is seeing our purpose come to life from a number of different lenses. And, you know, at times in my career, I wasn't totally connected to the purpose of PWC. And our purpose statement is to build trust in society and solve important problems. But as I moved around and as I engaged with and met more of the people that come together in our firm to help our clients, I really started to fall in love with the purpose and how many people we touch and we impact through building trust in the capital markets, through the work that we do in communities. And what I see my role as being in the team, that the great team that I get to lead is to be an advocate for, a steward of, an ambassador, and a protector of our purpose. And that's through strategically helping to frame the vision of where we're headed and then working across all of the different parts of our function to pull them together as we turn that strategy into execution. And it's a really, really fun place to be at the center of all of that. What role do you think marketing kind of plays in in what you do? How do you think about uh, about you know partnering with with marketers on the team, think about marketing the the, the company. What does that look like? It, marketing has such a critical role in everything we do. As stakeholder expectations have risen, and it's not just our customer and our direct client that we're focused on, but really thinking about all of the various stakeholders that we interact with, and that know of PwC, and we want to tell the story of PwC too marketing owns an enormous part of that and thinking about how best do we connect what we do, the capabilities that we have to helping our clients solve the problems they have, the challenges that they're facing, but even more broadly to understanding our brand and what we offer to the marketplace. And so in this day and age where stakeholder expectations are rising, where transparency is on the rise as well, and where everything that's internal is external because of the platforms and channels people have access to, our marketing team is critical to how we portray ourselves and how we tell the story and connect our points of view to our clients. And so, you know, with marketing obviously being at the the core of all of this, tell me a little bit about this... uh, this new campaign that you are working on um, and that you that you launched this month. Yeah, it's it's been quite a month. That's actually it's been uh, quite a few months. So I want to take a step back, if you don't mind, and maybe talk about the strategy because I think that's what the team has done so incredibly well is really start with our strategy and then integrate all of the marketing campaigns, tactics, and communications so that we are completely aligned and. Our strategy, why we thought now was the right time to go about it is we refresh our strategy regularly like any organization. Um, And about every eight to 10 years, we do a really big refresh. We were getting to that time where we were looking at, you know, there's, there's something and we have to really think about what's coming next. It's incumbent on us if we're going to solve important problems 
to peek around the corner and to say, what do we expect and anticipate that our clients will face in the coming months, years? And we talked to hundreds of our clients and we studied the mega trends that we see in the landscape. We talked to our people, of course, they're critically important in shaping and framing this. And over the last 18 months, when COVID hit, we saw not just acceleration to uh, how we are digitally transforming, but we saw an acceleration of a number of trends. And I'll name just a few of them, but we saw massive acceleration in polarization. You see a big acceleration in income inequality gap. You see things like an aging population, which is driving a war on talent. We see significant disruption, whether it be technology, climate, and these are really big issues that companies are going to have to tackle and take on if they want to continue to thrive and marry that up with the fact what I just talked about with stakeholder expectations being on the rise and having to deal with competing priorities in a world where many have platforms and channels and access And we sat back and we thought there's really two things that crystallized and came into focus that our clients need to focus on and that they'll have to address in the coming years. And one is around trust. How do you build trust? How do you maintain that trust? How do you show that you're trustworthy to all of your stakeholders? And then the second is how do you deliver sustained business outcomes? We've seen every company take on a transformation of some kind but many are not yielding the value out of that transformation. They're not seeing the ROI that they expect from it. And so we see that opportunity to help our clients with how they build trust and how they deliver sustained business outcomes. And those are not mutually exclusive. They certainly, you know, one fulfills the other. We call it a little bit of a virtuous circle between the two. But our goal in launching the strategy was to really say and put out a point of view that this is something that you're going to have to contend with. And we have the capabilities to do that. And we are going to invest in additional capabilities so that we can keep you on your front foot and make sure that we can help you as you go forward. And then marketing played a really big role. And we can get into our brand campaign of then telling that story. How do you take that strategy of how we are going to internally position and change all of the things within our firm so that we can do that? And then how do we externally tell the story of that strategy and make sure people recognize who we are now and what we stand ready to do? Yeah. So um, as you're developing that strategy, who are the folks in the room uh, that are working on that? Yeah. It's our full leadership team. Tim Ryan is our senior partner, CEO equivalent. And I, one of the things I respect most about him is his belief that anybody who has the privilege of sitting on the leadership team owns the entirety of our strategy and the execution of it. And I may not be the chief people officer, but I have a responsibility to know everything that is being done and how we invest in our people in that experience. I may not be our consulting solutions leader, but it's still incumbent on me to have a sense and to know where they're headed and to be an advocate for and to continue to drive and help them. And so while I may have a little bit more of the pen in writing that story with Tim, it is a complete effort on behalf of our leadership team to create that strategy and then to work together in tandem to then execute it. So what goes into the marketing of a campaign like this? Oh, gosh, there was so much. It was uh, PwC hasn't done a campaign like this in many years. And 
it was exciting and it was hard work, but it was an integrated effort. And I really believe that one of the most important things as an organization, any organization can do is really break down silos and work across functions in order to bring the best to bear for the organization. So we had a marketing representation. We had people from our comms team, both internal and external. We had brand representatives. We had creative folks who were part of our team. And we sat down and we started with all of our stakeholders. It's really important that we can tell one truth. We have only one truth as PwC, but that we can tell that truth to each of our stakeholders in a way that resonates for them. And so we sat down as a team and thought through each of our different stakeholder groups. We talked about our clients. We talked about our current talent. We talked about our future talent. We talked about our regulator because we're a regulated business. And as an integrated team, we came up with a stakeholder plan for each of those stakeholders and how we would bring them along the journey. And then we also spent a lot of time really thinking about how do we visually represent that strategy and thinking through what is the best way to show in a visual identity who we are and how we are ready to help our clients build trust and drive sustained business outcomes. And so we spent a lot of time really thinking about the visual identity. And then we also spent a lot of time thinking about the copy and what is it that we think and what are those power statements that we can make that are, again, our truth and that we stand ready to do and that we can then go execute. And it was a combined effort from that entire team. And there were like 50 people that worked on this effort, which was tremendous. And then we really thought about what are all of the channels we can use. And we did everything from paid advertising to placement in top tier publications to engaging all of our people through social media to also tell the story. And what I'm really proud of is that it was a truly integrated, taking advantage of every channel and having it almost like a flood the market of telling that story. And that kicked off last week and it will continue on through the rest of the year. And so something like this, this type of a, of a, of a large campaign, is this like a, a traditional brand campaign? Is there elements to this that you're looking from a lead gen perspective? Is it kind of almost like a... Um, not a rebrand, but just like a, a reimagining of, of messaging? Where did you kind of feel like this, this fell in terms of like the goals of a campaign like this? Yeah. Thank you for asking that. I think it's really important as a legacy organization. We are a 160-year-old legacy organization that's built its brands on delivering trust and quality and independence to the capital markets. And that's through our audits, through our tax expertise. and you have to honor that. That's really important. And that is something we would never want to lose in terms of how we evolve our brand. What we did want to do and where we thought we had flexibility is to say it's a different set of issues that our clients are facing today than what they've faced before. And let us tell the story of that. And then we also have a different set of capabilities than we've had in the past. And perhaps some of our clients and stakeholders don't know what we stand ready to do. And so the brand, we wanted to stay true to who we have always been in our heritage and our legacy, but recognize there's been a real change in the landscape and also recognize that there's been a change in us because we've really invested in evolving our capabilities so that we can bring the best of human and tech to bear as we solve these problems. 
And then the other thing that was really important as we go to market and telling the story of who we are today. And again, I think businesses evolve just like humans do. As you have more experience, as you uh, make different choices, you continue to evolve. And therefore, we have a story to tell about who we are today. But the brand campaign was telling that story, but also backing it up with real proof points. We want to show not only are we saying words about who we are, but we also walk the walk and there's some real tangible assets behind that. And we had a microsite that was the homepage. It's really the centerpiece of where we drove all of the traffic from this brand campaign. And on that microsite, we had launched some new thought leadership about really critical business topics such as the cloud. And we did a survey of 600 executives and what they're seeing in the cloud. We launched a new channel called The Tech Effect, a one-stop shop for all IT knowledge for any business executive to come and see. And we also made a really significant commitment in the trust space called uh, Tomorrow Takes Trust, which is a $300 million three-year commitment to how we're going to continue to build trust uh, in today and tomorrow's business. I know there's a really long answer, but it was... Again, it's not just a brand refresh or a brand campaign. It's the integration of strategy plus brand plus real action and how we are taking those steps too with our communities, with our clients and with our people. Yeah. And so what's like the life cycle of something like this? Is this something that is going to be like a five-year kind of like anchor campaign for you all that you will continue to, you know, build additional smaller campaigns off of? Is this kind of like foundational in that way? Yeah. So I, if I had to guess, and you can never really say because who knows what's going to happen in the world. Yeah, exactly. And if we truly are, right? <laughs> if, like if, if we're going to Nothing solve, else if, we know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. After the last 16 months, I'm a little cautious to say anything can last for, for so long. But our hope is that this is a solid five to eight years that we can really drive this strategy. And again, we left the flexibility in it to say, like, here are these two really big problems and challenges. And I think that those will stand true. The ways in which we go about solving them, the capabilities you may need to solve them probably will adjust. And our strategy uh, for executing our strategy, uh, we have a change management approach in which we execute our strategy at PwC, is really to take it in six-month chunks. So change is hard for everybody. We know this. It's not in our DNA to do naturally. And one thing we try to do is to create a little bit more consistency and predictability in what we do. And therefore, we take it all together. All 55,000 of us, we engage our entire firm in our strategy. And we, every six months, roll out a couple to a few new steps that we all go on the journey together. And that way, we leave ourselves some room for how the world changes and what our clients need. A huge part of our strategy is putting our clients relentlessly at the center of everything we do. And therefore, we need to constantly listen, monitor, course correct or change approach a little bit so that we make sure that we can do that. And so, you know, you mentioned a little bit about some of the places that you put this, you know, you're, you're doing paid ads, you're doing some placements. Can you talk a little bit more about like, what, what were you thinking? Um, is this, is this some of the, you know, is this the strategy where, you know, you kind of want to paint the sky um, with, with everything PWC so that, so that people understand uh, the change and start getting 
those words synonymous with with PwC. I know, like if you look at if you just Google search PwC, don't click on it, everyone. Uh, but there's a uh, you know building business trust is an ad that you see you know on um, on AdWords. So you know clearly there's there's a uh, there's a lot that you that you want to get out of this. Yeah, and it is a multi layered approach. So. And the team has done a tremendous job of thinking about how do you build upon each subsequent block. And so there were a couple of goals that we had in mind. And one, given we haven't done this in a very long time, we wanted to try to put our name out there in places that may not historically know us. And so uh, we haven't done advertising with streaming services, but here we are on Hulu. And that's been really fun for our people. And we are going to monitor and measure the performance of this first round of advertising to see what is resonating and to try to figure out what channels are our messages getting heard and perhaps how can we adjust our messaging where it's needed in some channels where it's not being heard. But our approach is to really start with the top line messaging. So we came up with a couple few messages that were really important for us to get across. Building trust and sustained outcomes is one of them. It's human-led and tech-powered, which is what we are and what we bring, recognizing that both humans and technology have limitations. So knowing how to bring the particular combination of those abilities is really important. And then third is quality and the fact that quality is always at the heart of everything that we do. And our first round of messages will really focus on that and that being the new equation and that being our strategy after a few weeks of performance, and as we get that message heard by the market, we'll then start to add and to layer in some additional messages. And the goal there is to really try to build our brand in spaces where we are not historically known. And so we'll do a lot on cloud and digital because we have done a real lot of work to invest in and to grow our capabilities there. And we want to share that message. We'll talk about ESG and how that has become such a business imperative for so many and how we stand ready to help our clients to do that. We'll talk about trust and the ways in which we're building trust. And so we will layer on additional messages, but give everybody the time to absorb the first set of messages before we start to build on that. And we intend to do that, as I said, through the end of the year and building but making sure that we're paying attention to the metrics and how the messages are being heard by the market. And again, I think it's really important to say that I do think one thing that's unique and different about, about PwC and that we've really pulled on one of the levers for us in this campaign is activating all of our people. Our people are our best storytellers. They are our best brand ambassadors. And we have 55,000 of them in the US alone. And so what we just needed to do was help give them some tools to help tell that story. And so giving them some social media content and then saying, have at, have fun, like go tell the story about why you're proud to work here. And watching my LinkedIn feed blow up last week with all of the incredible stories that they told thousands of our people was really just tremendous. So I, I wanted to ask about that. It's a huge asset to have to have that many people. I don't know the if you had a, a specific metric in, in mind for, you know, employee, you know, reach or something like that, or organic reach from your employees. But I'd imagine posting on LinkedIn and, and, you know, Twitter and Facebook as well, that halo is, is massive, right? We have a tool, um, it's called Dynamic Signal. And what we do is we put social media content out there for our people to leverage. And 
ask them to choose something that's interesting to them and post it to social media. Uh, it might be a new thought leadership piece. It might be something we're doing for our employees. It's celebrating Pride Month this month is a great place to start as well. So we put a real robust and diverse set of content out there to share. Our average share per post that we get in Dynamic Signal is 49 shares per content. Last week, the stuff that we put out there for the new equation, we had over 3,000 shares for our, for our social media. So I'd say that um, it's a pretty awesome metric. I guess I should also ask, um, why the new equation? Uh, I mean, I know you've talked about it, but, but specifically, why that exact phrase? Yeah. So when we were evaluating coming up with which phrase to use, we had three final contenders. And one thing that's really important is coming up with something that resonates across the globe. And you can imagine we operate in just about every territory and country there is. And with localization, you have to be sensitive to something that works for everybody. And we do believe that there is a multiplier effect that happens when you bring the best of human and technology together now. And the thought was that we have new capabilities. We have a new set of people who are so passionate, who work with heart, and who are so diverse and interesting. And what we wanted to get across and what we try to really augment our campaign with is using this plus this and having a little bit of fun with math. And the concept is that one plus one can be so much more when you bring that right unexpected combination together. We also wanted to, and we, we tested this with audiences. So we tested the final three messages that we were looking at with various external audiences. And we also needed to stay close to our heritage. Again, a part of that is honoring who we are and who we've been. And because of our audit and tax backgrounds, a lot of people felt that was a very natural evolution to keep that same frame of reference and to not depart too, too far from there. Yeah, that was going to be my next question here. So when you are known for one thing for so long, and you know, obviously you're, you're going to be known for that forever, but, um, but how does that kind of color the thinking of a campaign like this um, when you do want people to you know, not just think, oh, well, that's, that's what they are and kind of put you in that box? I think that we have to recognize that it is human behavior to do that, right? I studied psychology in college and then industrial organizational psychology in my MBA. And I always try to work with human behavior and not against human behavior. And you have to recognize that that is something that we all do is try to put each other in boxes, not necessarily as a bad thing, but to understand who they are and what they are. And I think that what you can do is use a foundation, particularly when you have one as strong as ours in the legacy and history as strong as ours to, to use that as the accelerator versus it being an impediment. And that's why trust is such an important part to our story. And what we want to do is build and expand the definition of trust versus try to change the message of what we do. We've always delivered trust and quality into the capital markets. And but how can we now expand that definition of trust and show that there's so many other ways that we have to build it now and being trustworthy and recognizing that your employees trust you and your customers trust you and all of your other stakeholders trust that you're doing the right thing. And that's one of the main reasons that we felt very comfortable building off of that 
And then it just takes both repetition of messaging and for us to show up and to actually then do what it is that we say we're going to do. People ask me what my definition of trust is. And we worked a little bit on this as a team. And it is clearly articulating what it is you're going to do and then telling people how you did against that stated intent. And when it doesn't work out as you expect it to, and inevitably that's going to happen. I mean, nobody's perfect. No organization is. We'll make mistakes. You own up to those. And then you tell people how you're going to try again differently. And so that's who we are. And we'll continue to let people know who we are now and that we have a broader set of skills and capabilities than perhaps they've understood us in the past to be. And then we will show up and we'll deliver against those. And and that's how we'll change perception. You know, obviously we talked a lot about trust. Um, it's core to, core to the new strategy. I think everyone, you know, which is obviously why this is there. Everyone is trying to build trust with, with customers. Obviously over the past, you know, 16 months, there's been a lot of companies that have built a lot of trust with their customer base based off of how they responded to things and other folks that didn't do that as well. But, you know, specifically the customer experience has kind of become a pretty clear like evidence of like how much you trust your customers, um, how you're going to invest in in their happiness, in their uh, ease of use, in their simplicity, in their ability to buy faster or, you know, cancel their service as needed. You know, lots of people are, are trying to figure out how to optimize customer experience and it blends into their marketing all the time. Have you faced any unique challenges uh, as you've been thinking about customer experience? I think everybody has. And <laughs> I think that it changes uh, depending on who the customer is and it changes depending on the day and honestly what the issue is. I mean, I think that a lot of times people want to know pending what's in the news, what your practices are and how you're thinking about various things. And perhaps I'll take our Trust Leadership Institute that we just launched to help drive how we think about it. But I mentioned that one of the major components of our new strategy is a $300 million three-year commitment to Tomorrow Takes Trust. That has several pillars, but one of them and one that we recently announced, we announced last week, is our Trust Leadership Institute. And that is our commitment to train 10,000 business executives in helping them embed trust in today and tomorrow's business. And that is in no way, shape, or form an indictment of current leadership performance. It's a recognition that the game has fundamentally changed and that we are actually writing a new playbook on what trust is. And what that institute will be as we bring the 10,000 people through it is it's nine different tracks of information and thinking through things differently. And I'll give you some real examples. So One of the tracks is trust in data and technology. So how are you protecting your data? How are you thinking about responsible AI? There's no shortage of questions around thinking through how you use data and technology. And as the use of it becomes more pervasive, how can you give that assurance, that comfort, that trust to your customer that you're doing it in the right way? That is really important. That is really hard give you another track that we all have to work on and that we all have to contemplate and leading businesses, trust in your supply chain. We've seen with everything happening, not just with ESG, but in fair labor practices, it's really knowing every single part of your supply chain, looking at it differently and saying, does that line up and align to who we are as an organization? And does that help build trust with my customers? 
we have a track on trust and transparency and thinking about transparency differently and whether it's something that companies opt to do and they choose to be more transparent about certain parts of data in their organization or whether it's coming through regulation as we expect it might in certain pockets. We all have to learn about how to handle transparency differently. And uh, we have a track on ethical decision-making because that is really hard. So we have nine different tracks of the business. And one of the most important points in the curriculum and in the discussions that we hope to facilitate amongst C-suite, rising C-suite executives is how do you balance all of these things when each of your stakeholders and even within your stakeholder groups has different prioritization of what's most important to them? And so when you're getting emails and you're getting the calls and you're getting the feedback, you know, I need to know this and I need to know this, like, how do you balance that? But also, how do you proactively tell that story of which marketing can do a really important job of and helping to share those stories to help gain that confidence and to help build that trust in each of these areas that people want to know about and they're going to want to know more and more about as time progresses. I want to talk metrics. You know, you you were mentioning some of the metrics that that matter to you uh, with the campaign that you launched. Um, obviously, you know, metrics change. It feels like every week uh, as different technologies yeah. come out. How how should marketers think about metrics for for their customer journey? What do you look at for for tracking uh, customer journey? Yeah, uh, data is critically important to our marketing strategy, and we no different than anyone else, I'm sure, leverage a number of different data points in our campaign lifecycle. Uh, we have stated KPIs for every one of our marketing campaigns. Uh, we have dashboards and um, different ways in which we then ask our marketers to think about and use that data. But I'll share what we hope to do and then some of the key metrics that we're using in evaluating the effectiveness of our campaigns. So what we hope to do is leverage past performance, what we are currently doing, and what we think we want to do, and think about what is the optimum marketing mix so that we can bring the best points of view to our customers and help them prioritize the business issues that are most on their minds. And what we want to have is always on data so that our marketers, we can empower our marketers to go and have really smart conversations with their stakeholders and figure out what is that right mix. And is it more thought leadership? Is it more inviting them to events? Is it this email hitting the right tone and have we customized the way that we need to do it? And so that's our goal. And that is our vision for each of our marketers as they work with their stakeholders. The way that we measure it, we put it in a couple of categories. One, which is critically important, and you talked about demand generation, is our pipeline. So we certainly look at our associated pipeline and wins. We look at a number of leads passed. We look at engaged contacts. And all of that is critically important to understanding our effectiveness. A second category, and you talked about it, is the journey, the brand journey. So we look at our brands and the strength of our brands. We do that by looking at our brand's health. We get client feedback. We have both formal and informal feedback. And I personally think that the informal part is really important. I probably go out to see 100, 150 clients a year. And I really dig in and ask them what's working, what's not, because I need to know not just the data, the numbers, 
but also from you to me, like what, how can we be better? What sort of things would you be listening for? And then how would you take that information and make it actionable? So, you know, if you see a hundred in a year, sure that all blends together. Um, <laughs> Yeah. Um, what I tend to find is that when you have the conversations and again, we have 55,000 incredible people at our organization, but people, you can't quality control them and you can't make them all act exactly the same. And that's part of what makes PwC so great is the entrepreneurial and innovation that each individual brings. But what we tend to hear from the clients is that sometimes we could bring a point of view more quickly to them. The pace of change is so significant and there are new things happening every day. And how can we get a better point of view to them immediately so that they can respond because the expectation is response time needs to be so much narrower than what it used to be. So the most common piece of feedback that I get is uh, really love your points of view and really enjoy the relationship we have with our partners. It just, I want more and I want it faster. And how can I make sure that I stay on top of the things and the issues that I need to stay on top of? So that's probably the number one piece of feedback that I get and that we are working on developing a real-time response function within our marketing group so that we can, within 24 hours, turn around points of view as things happen in the landscape. And as we've seen in the last 16 months, there's no shortage of things that are happening. So that's a really critical proof point for me. Just a few more uh, that we look at in terms of metrics is around brand. We look at our analyst rankings. So we uh, work with a number of analysts and are included in a number of analyst reports. And that's an important way to understand brand perception we also really focus on a third category is how we build and enhance relationships. And the way that we look at that is through our unique open and click rates. You know, that's one of the main ways we look at the time on pwc.com and not just what pages they're going to, although that's hugely instructive, but do they flow from page to page and how easy and what is the customer journey on our website that they're going through? We look at our paid social and our web conversion rates, and we understand which channels are working effectively for us and which ones aren't. And that's hugely important as well. And then it's really important for us working with our internal stakeholders to get to our clients because different than some B2C organizations, as in our organization, we have teams of partners and our people that go out and serve the clients we first work with them to give them the information and to give them the thought leadership and to help them with points of view that they, we want them to go out and have the conversations and to really talk to our clients. And of course we do direct marketing as well, but it's both. We both help our people understand all of the things that we have and all of the points of view to bring, but we also go direct to our customers. So we spend a lot of time talking to our stakeholders uh, internally and saying, how can we remove any obstacles that will make us more effective in giving you the right things at the right time to help you deliver and to help us drive demand generation and pipeline? You know, taking a step back, if you were to redo you know, your process for building out the new equation campaign, what would be some takeaways or some things that you might have changed or some things that if you were to do this again in the future, you might, you might do differently? Obviously, PwC is a company 
that is, you know, over 160 years old. Uh, you have all sorts of, um, you've been there for, for a long time. You know, you've, you live in and breathe PWC, you know, every day. So I'm just curious if there's any things that, you know, looking back on, on launching this, that you'd say, Hey, maybe, you know, this is something that if someone else was planning this type of campaign that I would recommend they do. I love this question. You're actually the first person to ask me that. So thank you. There isn't anything about our strategy that I would change. I feel really good about it. And I don't think any strategy is perfect, nor do I think any strategy needs to be perfect because I think what needs to be far better is the execution of that strategy. What I would do differently if uh, we went back, I <laughs> selfishly, I would like a little more time to do the brand campaign. We did a that full brand campaign in three months start to stop, which was no easy feat for the team. But uh, more importantly, I wish we had spent a little bit more time uh, helping our people do the storytelling. Sometimes you forget when you're so deep into something, and I've been so involved in this and again, helping with the pen to write it, that it comes fairly naturally to me to talk about the strategy. And I just, right before I hopped on this podcast, I was on with about a hundred of our partners, helping them to tell the story and just doing it the way I get it a role play of, you know, when I go out to a client and I'm meeting with a CEO, here's how I articulate the story of the new equation. And all of our people, of course, fundamentally understand what we're doing, but it's the getting the confidence in telling that story and then making sure that they really feel supported and bolstered and have everything that they need in order to bring that with confidence. And we will continue to do that. And that's one of the things that we do really well is we don't change our strategy. Once we have a strategy, this is our strategy for the next several years, as you and I've talked about. And so getting that repetition, that comfort level and making sure everyone really understands the why of it. You know, you can always use just a couple more weeks and a couple more tries so that you get people a little more comfortable. What about one thing that's like absolutely no brainer? This helped a ton. It, the collaboration across teams. I, I truly haven't seen a cross team collaboration like that in a long time. And I think a really big part of it is empowering people to think differently and to think boldly. And I told the team that there were no limitations to what they could imagine and places they could try to go. And I'll challenge it. And um, I, you know, there will be some, you know, when I bring them to the leadership team, some, sometimes it was just a little too far in places that people weren't comfortable going. But I said, let's dream big. And one of our core values is reimagining the possible. And I said, let's really try to push the limits where we can. And, and I think that giving a really smart group of people that work across some of the key functions of our organization, the ability and the empowerment to do that uh, really drove some incredible results. You know, it just launched, obviously. We are eight days yeah, in. So we're not, <laughs> I'm sure there's going to be plenty of other learnings and lessons uh, down the road here. Could you share maybe just like some of the things that you would like to hear a year from now, or if you're looking back, you know, a year from now that some of the things of like how this is received, how it's going, what, what are some of the results that it achieved? I think a year from now, some of the things I would love to hear, I would love to hear when we go out to our clients, I would like to hear them say, thank you for helping me see how important building trust was and helping us to get started on looking at things just a little bit differently and that you showed up every time 
with the right people, with the right technology to help me on that path because I knew that I needed to do it, but hadn't exactly thought about it that way. So I think anytime we can help a client get ahead of what's coming and help them do better so that they can employ their people and they can contribute to society, like that's huge. That's our purpose. That's what I wake up every day to do is to lead our people and our teams and help bring the best out in them and to help our clients be the best they can because that drives really important things for our society and for all of the things that we need to be working in order to thrive. And so what I would love and and it's not to be self-important because our goal is to be behind them and to just be helping to bolster them. So it's not in any way, shape or form to be a spotlight, but to just behind the scenes, get those thank yous. I would love a year from now for new talent that's joining us to say, I joined because I needed to be a part of this new equation and I see the value that it brings to me as an individual because you're investing in me and you're investing in my skill set. And because I also have fun and I get to work with really cool people and solve really important problems with our clients. and, And that's critically important to me. And honestly, that's it. Like if, if we're helping our clients and we have people that want to come and work at PwC, then, then I'm good. What I would love people to know is that they should go bold and and tell the story of who you are now. Like, I think that everybody and every organization evolves and changes and becomes something very different as the years pass. And every so often you have to stop and take stock and say like, here's who I am now. And, And I think that that's an awesome opportunity for marketing folks and for communications folks. And if they work together in tandem to do it so that you tell the total story of that organization, it's just been a really fun place to be. And so I encourage others to go on that journey. Okay, let's get into our lightning round questions. These questions are fast and easy, just like marketing with Salesforce. You can go to salesforce.com slash marketing to learn more about marketing on the world's number one CRM. That is Salesforce lightning round questions. JC, are you ready? Ready. If you were to go on a bike ride anywhere in the U.S., where would be your favorite ride? Oh, gosh. So every August, I ride in the Pan Mass Challenge, which is an athletic fundraiser for cancer. It's 200 miles across all of Massachusetts, ending at the tip of Cape Cod. It is my favorite ride. I'll be doing it in six weeks. I think I've done... I think I've biked for two miles in my whole life. So I don't know if I could do the 200, but I could probably 200 feet. I could probably get. I bet if you put your mind to it. Yeah, there you go. Um, Do you have a favorite book or podcast or TV show that you've been checking out recently? Uh, I do love Dak Shepard, armchair expert, favorite book, The Fountainhead. If you weren't in strategy or comms or marketing or business at all, what do you think you'd be doing? Oh, go back to my first job, bartending, no doubt. All right. Sweet. Favorite uh, drink to make? I love to make a Manhattan and then drink it. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Nothing. My, uh, my wife, when uh, she was a bartender, is nothing muddled. No muddling. Yeah. Really? That's why I didn't say old fashioned. I said a Manhattan, not an old fashioned. There you go. <laughs> um, JC, thanks so much for joining. We really appreciate it. It's been wonderful having you on. We're going to have to have you back. There's so much more good stuff uh, to chat about um, and, and so much cool stuff going on at PwC. Uh, any final thoughts? Anything to plug? I just thank you so much for the time and I would love to come back. So thank you. Awesome. Take care. 
Marketing Trends Podcast is brought to you by Salesforce. Discover marketing built on the world's number one CRM, Salesforce. Put your customer at the center of every interaction. Automate engagement with each customer and build your marketing strategy around the entire customer journey. Salesforce, we bring marketing and engagement together. Learn more at salesforce.com slash marketing.